sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And welcome, folks. Friday, Business Eye. Yes, as I always say, it's another Friday, another day, another week is over and we are rolling into the weekend. This year, we are rolling in and this month, the lights are being turned on in many places. Christmas has come early. Where I'm living, they turned the lights on last week. Yes, because I think everybody is just looking for that little spark of happiness. A little bit of happiness to get them through to the end of this year. And hopefully, hopefully come spring, we'll have a new year and a better life. Simon, what's your thoughts? I'm hoping we go, we, we get to Christmas, we get to New Year, and then we wind the clock back to 2019 and none of this actually happened. That's my hope for Christmas. What do you reckon, Joe? Look into my eyes, look around my <laughs> eyes. There, that's it. Yeah. Actually, what we could do is we could just cut off 20, 21 and yeah. 22 and yeah. just go into 2023 and see Let's where that, that leads us. See Let's where straight that to the next us. Rugby World Cup and we will be happy. We will be happy indeed, yes. But yeah. Uh, Yes, no, I am looking forward to Christmas. Yeah, going to take a long break like yourself and yeah. just kick back, walks, mince pies. My, do you know mince pies are my kryptonite every year? Like la- not last year, the year before, I put on a stone, a stone in, 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 in mince pies. So that and crisps. So my wife says. Yeah, yeah. hula hoops, hula hoops. Oh, hula hoops. Hula hoops. Oh, hoops. yeah, on the fingers, on the fingers on that as well. Yeah. But yes, we have a great guest on today. But I tell you, as we do normally, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And welcome back. Yes, Simon. Tell me, before you introduce our guest, how was your week? How was your week? Oh, it was good because as I can see again, last week I had this terrible, I had conjunctivitis. I couldn't see anything and I've been taking antibiotics and steroids and I'm as high as a kite, but I can see everything and ah, oh, it's... You take your eyes for granted, but I'm here, you know, and uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to Christmas as well. And I'm sick of hearing about lockdowns and variants and surges. I'm just, I'm over it, Joe. What, what about you? Oh, I, I now have just bypassed it all <laughs> and I'm just calm inside and getting on with my life and not engaging, listening or participating in any of the nonsense. Fear feeding, fear feeding. And if everyone just put their feet on the ground, took full responsibility for themselves and acted with kindness and just went just went on with their life. I reckon it could be all over. Could be yeah. all over indeed. Yeah. On it. Yeah. That's my theory. My no, theory. I think, I think we've got to be positive. And talking about positive, we have a, a great guest today who I spoke to a while ago and uh, I've, I've got his book here, which we'll talk about in a, li- a little bit, called Mental, Mental Wealth. Uh, from the UK. His name is Mike Pagan. He's a mental wealth strategist, performance coach, a pitch presentation and 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 and, and everything that comes with that as well. He's a productivity and mental wealth speaker. Mike, welcome. It's good to see you. Thanks for thanks for having me guys. I'm I'm intrigued about your your theories for Christmas and chilling out and everything else. It's a, all sounds interesting what you what you've got going on. Yeah, I've got about 10 books, as you can see, and yours is bottom, I mean, top of the pile. <laughs> uh, is, is it self-development or shelf development, as a, as a, a colleague of, of mine wants to call it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I see we're streaming, Joe. We're streaming. And the we dog are streaming. Is we, we, the dog is behind me for after his lovely long walk. I tell you, my dog is five months old and he's as big as a horse. Big as a horse. So wow. we're, we're getting there. Mike, I, I, well, I'm, not, I'm not here to compete with you on dogs, but I currently have eight puppies in my kitchen. Whoa. Uh, we, we're, we're breeders with the guide dogs based in Warwickshire. Um, and uh, we've, we've got for the next six weeks, these cute little Labrador retriever crosses. And she adopted three uh, German Shepherd retriever crosses as well. So, oh, yeah. do you know that's it's mad? Do you know what I just? Do you know what my dog is? Half Lab, half Swiss Shepherd. Wow, that's a combination. Of yeah, that. highly intelligent and big as a horse, but re- I have to say, really smart. Anyway, I, we'll we'll get on. I'm sure people don't want to listen to us gabbing on about our dogs. <laughs> the dog show. The dog Courtesy show. Oh. Mike, welcome, welcome to the show. Mike, tell me this, Ment- mental wealth, define it to me. Define it, what is it? Okay, uh, in, in simple terms, mental wealth is, is obviously a play on the language of mental health. Um, and to start off with, I am not a mental health expert or a trained counsellor. My focus here is on mental wealth, which I refer to as having the right support network around you that's fit for purpose for the way forward. So this is about having people that have truly got your back and they they are there proactively engaging with you. You've given them permission to ask you the blunt and the nasty and the direct questions, and they will do that for you. Because what one of the greatest challenges, and it's been absolutely magnified a hundred times through the COVID pandemics and everything else, is that this whole piece around isolation. Because for me, isolation kills creativity and it prevents decision-making. And when we're not making decisions, that means we get into the world of procrastination and faffing about. And that then can in turn have a detrimental effect on our mental health because we just get into that void of negativity and we sort of spiral down. And it's so it's knowing how we come out of that by having the right people around us that help us to be more creative, that help us make better decisions, to help us be braver. And it doesn't prevent us from making mistakes and problems happening. Those will still happen, but what it will allow us to do is then bounce back more effectively as a result after those problems occur. I think you're right. And it's also what you are tuning into on a daily basis to, to know where in lockdown people were tuning into either, you know, Sky News or they were jumping on some Facebook channel or whatever and whatever, good or bad, these oh, things. D- daily counts. Yeah. Oh, that was no. terrible. I was doing it myself where you have a daily, see how many people have died today? How many people have caught it today? You think, how is that meant to help you in any form of positivity? It's not. It's just just ugly. But if you look back on back years and years and years, you know, news has always fed us on what we needed, what the key people heightened in some way. But also... One of the things that you said there as well about the people around you and the questions that you need to be answered, that's a coach. You know, you, you can't really rely on your friends or your family to tell you, am I doing right or wrong? Because they'll all just go, yeah, brilliant. You need someone to be honest, someone truthful and someone that has the experience to share their knowledge with you and wisdom to get you across the line. Is that what, is that what you, yeah, you, I, I, one of the areas I do talk about specifically is having a coach and coaching. And for, for me, what one of the languages just for interpretation, I believe there are sort of four 
key types of interaction. You've got counselling, which is where we're digging back into life history, challenges, issues, uh, which needs a very trained eye in that therapeutic way of finding out what's been going on. You've then got mentoring, which is the ability to sort of share your knowledge and skill. I built this, learn from my mistakes and my errors. You then got the consultant who comes along and uh, looks at the project, gives you a solution. Um, and if you pay them a bit more, they'll implement it for you. And if it, if it goes well, you'll take the credit. And if it goes wrong, you'll blame the consultant. Um, and then if you've got the coach who there in my world with a blank piece of paper, uh, because it's there to help the individual get to where they're trying to go to and then hold them accountable, show them their uh, self-sabotage tendencies, the habits they've got that are preventing them from doing it and asking better questions that they are brave enough to ask themselves. So, so Mike, in the space of mental wealth, what works best? Is it, do you think, is it having a coach or is it sometimes having it a mentor or does it depend on the client you're working with? For, for me, in the world of mental wealth, this, this whole thing about having, a, I, I call it a mental wealth team, is having multiple people that have got your back. So uh, a lot of the time when I start working with clients and businesses, uh, I will ask them to sort of start scoring their network, their support network, and work out who truly has your back and who is just a, a noise in, in your uh, social media or wherever else it is. Um, and then off the back of that, you can see that, okay, in key areas, I don't have enough support here. Um, I could do with somebody with some uh, smart money, as they would call it in the investing world. So I don't want just cash. I want cash with IQ and experience. Uh, so that comes in and helps. So in that environment, suddenly you need a bit of a mentor that then balances with the coach and they balance with some sort of investment versus the other side of it, which is then focusing in on areas around our self-care, which is when we're making ourselves number one. And when we do that proactively, looking after number one, which is frowned on in society because well, we don't want to be selfish. We've got to look after everybody else. But if you're not in a strong fit per place, be that mentally, physically, emotionally, how can you be able to help others? So we have to look after number one. And more often than not, we need other people challenging and um, providing better solutions for, for us that we can't find on our own. Yeah. Do you know the one thing that a lot of people when they're trying to you know, drive their business, you know, and they look into the self-development, they all seem to drift towards tactics without actually putting a lot of time into a strategy. And over the years, Mike, I've learned that you can knock up a tactic in five minutes and it takes time to get the strategy right. And there is where a lot of people find, and you said it, find their truth and find what the pain points in them and once they get that strategy right, then they can build in the, the tactics. But some people don't want to face the truth. Would you, would you agree or disagree with that? No, no. Pe people uh, will stick their head in the ground and avoid the reality of what's out there. Um, and so when it comes to self-care, is this actually helping me move forward or is this actually part of the problem? Um, and what, one of the things that uh, a lot of people will talk about in the, in the world of well-being nowadays is the, that sort of combination of meditation and mindfulness. And, and I've always said, I, oh, it, it's, I can't do it because I can't sit still. Um, so I can't sit still. So that doesn't work for me. Or if I do sit still, I'll fall asleep. 
uh, which, <laughs> which <laughs> has its positives and negatives. But uh, what I then worked out was because uh, I uh, over the years I took up all sorts of random sports. I'm, a, I'm an ex rugby man myself. Um, and over the last few years, I, I was, uh, you might see from those who can see, it, there's a picture behind me on the wall where I was in the middle of the English Channel and we did the, uh, uh, we were the fastest men's relay team to do the channel in 2015. And that was from a never done any open water swimming before. But the reason why I tell you that story is because what I learned from that was the, the art of a repetitive endurance activity such as swimming or climbing a hill or climbing a mountain. Well, it's, it's more than stamina. It's that whole thing of the cumulative effect of activity after activity, which becomes mindfulness because you're meditating, you tune out, you get into the flow, you get out of the water after a a half an hour, a three hour swim, whatever the number happens to be. Uh, And you're, it's cold. So you're refreshed from that, but you've tuned out at points in there. And, yet, and because you're not swimming with a pen in hand, you've got to get out and write things down because you've had all these these clarity in the mind whilst you're doing it. That's active meditation. And I've done that for years. And it's suddenly when I realized that I was a, a practitioner of that, albeit not knowingly, um, it's sort of, oh, OK, well, that's the weird stuff that I do that's good for me. And it's helping other people find whatever is their weird stuff that works for them, because clearly swimming in cold water isn't for most people, let alone many. But that's that's a, that's a great point. I mean, I, I'm the same. My, my thoughts come to me when I'm not sitting down, when I'm going for a walk. You know, Joe was just talking about going in the woods and I, I walk nearly every day now with my wife or I go to the gym and, and that's where my thoughts come. And uh, the, the whole area of trust as well. I mean, I, I know you mentioned in the book the importance of trust and how how do you – you must get clients who just at the start don't trust that you have their back. How do you persuade or how do you not persuade them? How do you convince them that they need to be open-minded and and, and really open their hearts and their minds to a process? What, what do you do around trust? Well, there's two words I'd put there. You said trust. I'd, I'd also throw in the word respect yeah. uh, because both those things have to be earned. Um, and it's 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 one of those if you if you go back into the military where you, you you must respect a superior officer. No, no. If I respect and trust a superior officer, then I'll do all sorts for them. And I'm I'm not ex-military or anything like that, but it's that it's that obvious hierarchical place. So so trust and respect has to be earned. And in, in the in the good old Western world, most of us don't know or didn't know what our parents earn or earned. And in, on the same basis, that the, the other side of the equation, they don't necessarily know what we earn or earn. And, and you put that together. So you can't actually be open and honest with your nearest blood about your financial situations. How are you ever meant to trust anybody? Uh, and it's part of that small steps. You build it. And as that trust develops, it's the same as friendships. It's the same as relationships. As, as that trust develops, then you become more comfortable. If you were to move to a new uh, wealth advisor, for example, so sort of somebody in, in shares and tr- uh, uh, funds and so on, you're not going to hand them the whole of your nest egg, be that uh, half a million or 20 million or, or five pound 50. Uh, <laughs> you're going to give them a little bit over time. They prove that they're worth it. They prove that they're reliable. Then you invest more. That's how trust and respect evolves. Yeah, I would agree with both of you. 
But I would also say that if I was going into a relationship with my peer and we were working together, if there was any doubt or element of distrust, I wouldn't be able to work with the people. That Agreed. I, everyone that I work with, they go through an interview process and I have to be able to feel comfortable with them. They, they might have already taken it on board that, you know, through the, the sales process that they want to work with me. But if they, there is something there, I will then, my, my instinct, my intuition will kind of go, this isn't going to be a right fit. And I will back away because you don't want to be in a relationship working with someone where it's not really working out. It's not working it, out. You're only it, I, in it for business, but not in it, you know, when you're in it to help. And when you get that, when you find that you are, you become everything for that, for that person. Like I say that you, you come a board, a director on in, within their company. On yeah. It. yeah. It's I, the language I'd add into there is that kindred spirit. When yeah. you suddenly, somebody gets your mentality and working. And for, for me, I, 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 a confession coming, I, I made the mistake with my professional network um, back in the mid-noughties when I was property investing, uh, as, as many people did. Um, and I avoided, in hindsight, spending a few hundred on taking independent legal advice on a property purchase in Cyprus on the home of the PGA Golf that was being built yeah, yeah. You know where this story is going. 15 years later, I completed on the property, having spent thousands every year for that time prior to that. Cost me thousands. of. It, it was a horrific mistake, mm -hmm. but all because I didn't trust. I, I trusted the wrong people that were giving me the advice at the time because they had, in, they, uh, had, had investment to gain from my commitment. Um, whereas the reality check was if I'd gone independent, um, the black and white would have been run forest. Run, 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 run. run. <laughs> it's really interesting, this whole area, because I've lived in Australia and done a bit of work in China, and they actually have a process, and it's called Guangxi. So in, in the East, in China in particular, their default is they don't trust until you can prove to them that they should trust you. And, and they go through a whole process, a rigmarole. You've got to turn up for the meetings. You've got to drink the tea. You've got to go through all this stuff. And to westernize, it seems like a ridiculous rigmarole, but it's part of the process. Should the West, the West doesn't have that kind of process. We're all kind of all over the place. Is there a, is there a way of putting a process around this, Mike, or, or some sort of system around this, or even nudges or triggers around trust? Well, it's that that's where you've got your inner sanctum of people that it, it might be a small number to begin with. But as you build it, this mental wealthing that it, it's then I turn around and so you, Simon, you become one of my members of my team. Uh, and I, I know that you've got my back completely. We've gone through certain hoops we've, we've built. We've, we're in a very strong, trusting, uh, supportive relationship, not necessarily two way because uh, it doesn't have to be two way, but it, it, it works for me. And I need to talk to somebody who um, is going to engineer the, the investment required for the, uh, the school fees support, the, um, the, the medical intervention that's required. And because of my trust of you, I, you, your introduction to me is absolute. Now, 
then all I've got to do is the chemistry check to make sure that uh, with, with he or she that you introduced me to that I can get on with. But the fact that it's come from you is absolute that it's that they're bona fide and they're good. Um, and therefore, we go to the next step. And that that's part of it's not a process uh, as far as I've, uh, a tick box system. We know what we're doing. But it's that element of, OK, we, we built up the relationship. We know we trust, we, we respect. They're providing. So they are worth investigating further now. Yeah. Simon, you know, we know, like, if you go to Turkey and you want to do a business deal, it's a whole morning and it's sitting around and having food. Yeah. Well, what I think has happened in the world, and you can't really do that now in the last couple of years, but people now look on LinkedIn and people look at your social proof. So people look at your testimonials, they look on your website, they look at all the social gatherings, They and people will hear you nine times before they even engage with you. So even though, you know, it's a shame that the old way we can call it is dissolving and there's this fake new digital currency which is coming about of how we all do business it's kind of sanitized and you know it's interesting you mentioned linkedin because i've got mike's linkedin page here and it's to some people it's very brave but i think it's cool the very last line you say on your intro you say mike be unique be authentic be a little weird and then you become memorable and it's good that you say that because it's so e- there, there's there's so much noise online, and we're all a little bit weird in our own way. So why not say it? You know, <laughs> well, it, it's this is the point. It's not apologising for the fact that you're unique. We all uh, are, and and I, I've, I occasionally will do some work in schools, uh, and there was a particular uh, phrase that I'd use. So you you might have fifty or, or 300 15 to seventeen year olds in the room in front of you. And you know full well that 90% of the room are sitting there with their arms crossed thinking, who's this old fella? And so so you deal with it right from the off. Okay, some of you hate me already. I I look like your dad. I sound like your granddad. I'm not from round here. So you clearly think, oh, God, he's trying to be funny. Um, I I, I hate him. Um, And you you see the shoulders drop. They think, okay, either he's a complete idiot and I'll still definitely hate him. Or actually, he might be worth listening to for another two minutes. And it buys me two more minutes um, yeah, because yeah. that, that beginning thing, that first impressions I agree. Uh, is, is so important. That, that, and that's with young people. Well, it's the same on social media. You've only got such a short amount of time. And I, I gave up doing the talking head videos uh, about 10 years ago. But that's not because I was an early adopter because that's far too, far too clever of me. It was just I got bored of doing them and seeing constant people shouting at me every time I went onto any form of social media trying to sell me something. Uh, and it's it, that engagement point. We do that through trusted networks, those trusted networks that build up, such as mastermind groups, peer support groups. Those are so potent and so powerful to help us get braver in the decision-making and what we're trying to do. See, the thing there is that we know there's two different types of people. We've extroverts and introverts on it. And, you know, believe it or not, I'm an introvert myself. When I walk into a large room, I like to be quiet until I get to know everyone. And then something switches in me. Don't believe in my... Don't don't believe it. But but what's happening is out there, everyone is, in my opinion, everyone is fake. Everyone is talking about being authentic 
and everyone wants to be authentic, but everybody is mimicking. And there's where, you know, I've come to this realization and I'm, I, we spoke about this in another show, so I'm with a different guest about mimicking. And I'm, and I'm on this buzz at the moment that it's, everyone just has to take, you know, stand in their own two shoes and be themselves, whatever the consequences are, but do it without hurting someone or being disrespectful to someone, but stand in your own shoes and whatever that is and whatever consequences come back with it, that's it. And you're living your truth then. But everyone is frightened to do anything because they're frightened of what other people will think. Could, could I get fat? And that's the imposter syndrome. That's the self-belief. For, for me, when you're talking there about extroverts and introverts, um, yes, I will have extrovert tendencies because I, I can be vocal. But more importantly for me, I refer to myself as a chameleon. So actually, I, I have young adult children. Um, I like peace and quiet. Um, I don't get it. Um, but when I go into an, an environment... An old, old chameleon. Old chameleon. <laughs> even, yeah, I'll, I turn up the speed. I turn up the power. I turn up the energy. But then the rest of the time, it can be very quiet and calm and waiting. And it's <laughs> it, that, that, that's the difference when we suddenly realise that, that flip of, yeah, we adapt to our surroundings but you're working from a natural base and a, a base that's authentic and truth to you. Can I ask you a question? Go for it. What is your obstacle? My obstacle as historically has always been, um, I've, I never thought I was a perfectionist uh, because of, of the, because I've always been a procrastinator, a faffer, doing, getting distracted by shiny things all around the place and doing, uh, and which means you don't see something through. So I've always been guilty of not being the best at completing and finishing. And then my coach challenged me to around the point of um, uh, you're trying to do things perfectly so you can do it once. Whereas actually you do it once, you learn from it, and then you improve the second time and the third time. So one of my obstacles is trying not to be perfect each time, and then we can build up from there. And that, that, that changes your game when you start to allow yourselves to go for an A grade instead of 100%. Because if your target is 100%, you're always going to fail. You kind of mentioned habits there, I guess. And you've mentioned habits in the book as well. And are there easy habits, you know, for people who are struggling with this, struggling with, with letting go of perfectionism or struggling with letting go of imposter syndrome, are there some easy, quick wins that you could suggest to people um, I mean, connecting and chatting and being open-minded is one of them. But what, what do you think about building positive habits, Mike? Okay, I'll answer in two different ways. Firstly, uh, the, the first, the foundation of behavioral change, this is one of the coaching uh, strengths, foundation of behavioral, of behavioral change is an emotional connection. If there is no emotional connection to the outcome or to the uh, alternative way of working, then we won't do it. Mm. Yeah, so if, if it's a question of, uh, give, take the obvious one, giving up smoking, but I like it. Yes, mm -hmm. but that's why you can get those horrific diagnosis, health scares and whatever else. And people can give up overnight having been on 60 tabs a day for the last 30 years. And then there's others who carry on until the age of 95 smoking 60 tabs a day and have never had a cough. Uh, and it doesn't seem fair and all, all that side of things. It's, so it's, it's when the emotional connection to a change or a reason for a change, 
then we can uh, we can change immediately. Yeah, and it's and it's those positive habits. So I, I was doing some work with a neuroscientist friend of mine, and I was asking her about the sort of breaking habits, and her response was, "You don't break habits; you have to supersede a habit with a uh, with a better habit, mm. because then that will feed into this behavioural change and the emotional connection." And to to the point that wonderful story, my wife a number of years ago, uh, uh, on I'll, I'll give you the short version on the anniversary of, uh, of 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 her it was her mother's birthday, but she'd been gone multiple years. Uh, but on this particular birthday, uh, she realised that uh, if she was able to talk to her mum and say, "Look, mum, at the age of forty, if you were to give up smoking uh, now, you would meet your grandchildren in the future." Would that be a big enough incentive for her to have stopped at that time? Because she sadly passed with smoke-related cancer. Um, At that stage, though, she also realised that uh, she was severely overweight herself and was on the fast track to potentially going down a diabetes route, which would therefore mean she wouldn't meet her grandchildren, which meant in her head she was a hypocrite. If she's thinking that of her own mother, but she's not doing it for her own children and future grandchildren. And that was a big enough incentive made the emotional connection to break the habit to stop eating cake every day. Now, it's, it's association doesn't exist, but she's better than she was. Yeah, it's yeah, asso- yeah. association with it that that's with smoking or eating disorder, or whatever. It's it's that comfort or what it makes you feel, and how people feel. Why? So I'm not told this to you as well. And now, why do you think a lot of people undervalue themselves and charge below what they're worth? Because it's what they think they can afford themselves. Mm. Yeah, so they're it's... sitting there and it's sort of, okay, um, I, I believe, I, checking my purse, checking my wallet, checking my bank account, I could probably pay X amount for this. So, I'll, uh, so if I'm charging it to somebody else, I'll charge X plus five. It's, it's a mindset, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the mindset where you switch it the other way around. Uh, okay, what what is uh, this? Well, we're talking to a large organization, a corporation. Well, what 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 is their budget for that? Well, their budget for that is actually ten times what you would pay yourself because you're a, a solopreneur. So clearly, it's a different marketplace. So you've got to talk differently, and it, it's just reprogramming that head. So you, what is the market price for a product, rather than what do you think you could afford today as a small business, as a larger business, or whichever. I would yeah, have. I it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a tunnel vision thing, you know. It's for me, it's about lack of self confidence, which is, in other words, lack of awareness of the possibilities. Because you've just been, you've locked yourself into this this imposter syndrome funnel, and you haven't opened it up and seen out. And and I've been through that process myself. And and I think so many people just assume that they're in this. It's like you know one of those. Um, those tables, what are those those tables with the ball that goes around that you the flipper things on it and you're on inside that table. You don't realize that if you actually pull the glass off, the ball could go anywhere. And I think people just assume they're stuck inside these these tables. And it's that being locked into that imposter syndrome thing, which is most of the time it's self-imposed, don't you think, Mike? I mean it's it's not it's, real. It's, it's totally and that is why uh, the the power of this support network is so important. Because when you give other people permission, I mean, the three of us chatting now is is a small mastermind group in itself. 
Because we're sharing best practice, we're sharing quality ideas and positive thinking and everything else. And if one of us was to turn around now with a query about how can I expand into Poland or whatever it happened to be, there'd be opinions, we'd be able to debate it, we'd come up with it. Um, And then others, oh, well, I'm too scared. Why aren't you going into Germany and Austria as well? Um, And it's it's that whole sort of other people asking better questions through different lenses, having those conversations. uh, That unlocks greater potential than we find around and that goes back to the original part of a coach because a coach will get get you faster on the on the on the track if you're a runner well, you stronger in the pool whatever well that's why i believe everyone needs a, a mentor and, and that's why simon and myself will give a plug there on the show is the business eye advisory dot com 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 and people can check in and catch interviews like this with mike but Mike, you know, the one thing that I've done with a, with a lot of clients that they have prices and they, you know, they're at this plateau and they don't believe that they're more. But I've, I've realized you can't bring them up to this high price because them internally can't accept it. So you have to gradually bring their prices up so they internally can accept that instead of just springboarding from, say, a thousand to ten thousand. You have to gradually bring them up because when they are delivering that with their clients and people, it has to be authentic when they're coming through with it. It has to resonate that if someone goes, what's your price? Uh, uh, 10 grand. How much you got? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's on it. So look, we're, we're coming to the end and I, I'm going to just ask you one question. If you could flip everything upside down, what would you do in a business? If you went into and so flip everything on its head to change people's mental health mental wealth what would it be to give them a shake to, to give them the shake it, it fundamentally it's having the best people around you that have got your back i had the privilege of working with some uh, many sportsmen and women transitioning to their life after sport uh, and they used to have 35 people yesterday keeping them on the pitch the track the pool whatever it was yesterday the guillotine comes down and none of those people are fit for purpose for the way forward tomorrow Uh, And this is what happens. We all transition repeatedly throughout our lives and we need to refresh that pool of support that we've got. So we need the Bob 2.0 because Bob that we were was great two years ago is no longer fit for purpose to take us to the next level. And when we have that support network around us that have truly got our back, they're asking the questions. We've empowered them to be brutally honest with us and we're not going to sulk when they call us out. But as a result of it, it means we'll make braver decisions and we can take bigger steps to, to go forward. That's where we can then have more fun. Because the reality check of, of, of going through uh, pandemic years and everything else, people have been on that mental health spectrum where we it's like the, the, um, the heart rate monitor in a hospital where we have highs and lows. But unfortunately, through lockdowns, all of those highs got removed. Yeah, it just didn't exist. So that meant our average range dropped. And if there's, I'm sure there's some scientists out there who can give us some percentage numbers as to how it worked. But it meant everything dropped. Our lows were still as uh, um, the same depths, if not deeper and more often, which meant that we weren't having fun. And if we've got the right people around us asking better questions, holding us accountable, helping us unlock our real potential, then we will have more enjoyment and more fun as a direct result of that. Here's a question that's coming in from Martina. She's saying that, you know, she pay, she'll pay a fortune, but she also feels there's people out there 
that need her help but can't pay what she what she has to offer but everybody needs the opportunity to learn what do you both think about that i agree everybody needs the opportunity to learn and the reality check around it is not everybody can afford to pay um so if we're talking about the individualist and the consumer rather than the business or the corporation then the, there's different price points and and for me i will have a charitable fee rate that i i set up in so much I will have a small business fee rate to a corporate, depending on the organizations you're working with, because the, the, the information is so important. Uh, I don't want to have those barriers that prevents people from getting hold of it yeah, no, uh, and getting the support and the nurture that's yeah, there. I'm, I'm the same. I, you know, before I, when I get approached, I, I send a questionnaire out and I get a sense of what, what can be afford, afforded and, for me, if I get a real sense that this person really wants to do this work around building confidence and stuff, I'll do what it, what I need to do to get them on board. And a bit like you, Mike, I'll have different rates, you know. And but I but I go through a process to make sure that I'm not going to be taken advantage of, if that makes sense. So there's a two way street with this. Yeah, it's it's for myself. I have a couple of slots where I do three slots a year, where people that need it but can't afford it i'll bring them into those slots but then you know as, as you, you have different tiers but i've also learned in life that if someone really really wants something they will pay for it mm. and you know i learned that you know a story within in the motor trade where someone wanted a car and they wanted a brand new car and when there was a house visit their house needed a sofa and needed a new tv and the person said, I cannot sell you this car. You get your, get your house in order for your children. And your man went right. And three days later, he saw the guy driving a brand new car, went to someone else that sold it. So when people want something, if you really want it and, and know that it's going to help and that desire, you will cross that bridge to get the funds to help it. Now, sometimes you can't 100,000 or 200,000, but, you know, if it's a small amount, more than what you can afford, people people can afford it as well. So, you know, and, and I've also, when people make that commitment, they work harder and they the results are given. Where when someone doesn't, you never really get the results from them. Uh, to, to which I'd say to that, I will never do coaching for free. No. Um, because as soon as it's free, it's not appreciated. Yeah, uh, there has to be a level of um, commitment through that process, not yeah. necessarily pain, but commitment. And that commitment yeah. nine times out of 10 comes through the investment of cash. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, deals and contras and other things when you're working with very small uh, businesses or uh, consumers directly, um, but majority of the time, yeah, there's, there's ways of putting it together to make it real. And make it happen because the benefits will pay. I, I do like a bit of money and a bit of bartering as well. A bit of trading. I like a bit of trading <laughs> as well. I do. I have to admit that. I won't go to the horses with you. That's for sure. <laughs> Mike, if someone wants to reach out to you, where where can they reach out? Uh, see your, you know, get your book and collect it you on your website? Yeah. Well, the simple things for me is uh, contact me through LinkedIn. But if you do contact me through LinkedIn, please mention the show 
because that way I know where you've come to and I can remember it and it'll refresh because um, that, that, that's how it works. The, the, the blind connections on LinkedIn, you think, who who are you and where, where did we meet? What, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Half the people don't even know me and Simon, you know. But there's one thing, Simon, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, I think we, we're at a, maybe an advantage, Simon, because, because we're doing this every week and it's going out on the radio. When we do meet people, they know us. Yeah. Because they've heard us and listened to us, even though we don't know them, and they've they've come familiar with who we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and the voices get recognised and everything yeah. else. It, yeah. it works. Yeah. But yes, the other areas for me is MikePagan.com is the main website, um, and uh, the book is available through Amazon, Waterstones, and everything else, uh, which is nice and easy. But, well, Mike, but one one thing I'd love to just just for finishing uh, from my side, I, I always like to close with this challenge to people listening. Uh, and that is, uh, we've talked about having a strong mental wealth team and having the right people around us asking better questions of us. The flip side is about us being better human beings and looking out for others. So my question to you is, as, as listeners, I would like you, if your gut feel is telling you that you haven't spoken to somebody recently, for whatever reason, and your gut feel is saying, I should pick up the phone or I should make contact, do it. Ask some better questions. Pick up the phone. Don't send them a text. Don't tweet them. Don't fist pump them via social media, whatever it is. Pick up the phone. Have a conversation. If you live locally, go and see them. Just say hello, because that process of reaching out could be the difference for that individual. If Mm -hmm. your gut feel is saying something wrong there. And the reason why I say that is, sadly, in, in my network, one of my son's friends, fortunately, was unsuccessful. Uh, in a suicide attempt on the day that this happened one of my best friends from school who lives in america and we talk two or three times a year picked up the phone and rang me and before we even got into a conversation i said look bock why have you rung me he said that's very rude and i said no 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 we'll get to the other bit why have you rung me now on this day on this occasion and we, we debated for a couple of minutes and we couldn't come up with a reason apart from the fact it was sheer gut feel and intuition from him, the other side of the world. He happens to be a doctor as well, head of A&E. He was ringing me at half five in the morning, his time on the way home from work, and just felt five hours difference, I'm going to give Mike a ring. He gave me so much insight and so much knowledge, and that was somebody reaching out on a crisis day where I needed that phone call. Hmm. So my challenge to everybody listening is, if there's somebody out there who needs your phone call, so let's be brilliant human beings, help them in their mental wealth and their support, pick up the phone. I think you're, you're spot on because in life, we get caught up with the, the noise. And if we actually just listen to our, in, our internal, no, let me say that if we actually feel our internal dialogue, not hear it, feel it and act on that, mm. uh, you're, you're on the right road. But if you're listening to your head, you're not. Feeling is more, is your compass. Feeling yeah, is your that's compass. That's the gut on. feel bit. Yeah. Says yeah. it. Your intuition. Your intuition. Mm-hmm. Mike, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And uh, look, we will definitely love to have you on again. On again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. A th- three ways more mastermind. Excellent. Always, always fun. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Yes, and welcome back 
the last part, the last five minutes of business hour. Friday lunchtime. Friday lunchtime, nearly the weekend, nearly the weekend. Your sandwich is nearly finished, your coffee (laughs) is nearly drunk and you're looking to go. There's only a couple of hours left till I'm I was going to say home, but everyone's working from home again. So till I'm home, till I'm... You can go out and come back in. You can come back in. Friday for me is a feeling of relief. Saturday is a feeling of excitement. And Sunday to me doesn't feel as good as Friday and Saturday. I love the Friday evening relief feeling. You know, it's just like the end of the week. Even though I'm still stuck at home and I'm not going to work, it still feels like a relief thing. Do you know what I like? I like Sunday afternoon, Sunday evenings. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, and I've got this thing about lighting the fire now coming into winter. And it's, you know, you'll have the heat on upstairs in the house and downstairs have the fire and it'll, it'll heat up. And just that coziness of yeah, 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 I love yeah, that. something on TV, uh, not on yeah. TV, a, a movie or something, and the fire going and throwing the the briquettes or the the, the log on it. Yeah, the, I, I talk talking about. I'll tell you something that I saw the other day. It, it was, I, I just it was it was one of the weird things at a at a petrol station near me. There was a electric car at the petrol pump, <laughs> just parked there. He went in the shop. And he was in the shop at the counter, and do you know what he was buying? About six fire logs. He went back into his car and drove off. Isn't that ironic, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you've seen the the AA truck in America towing the diesel generator to charge the electric car that has broke down. Yeah. 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 No. I'm, it's a mad world, isn't it? The but anyway, ma- the, it's the, the mad world. It is. It's Friday. It is. Do you know, the other thing as well, I just, you know, you and me, on the show and at the station as well. You know, I think we believe in free choice. Yeah. You know, people's opinions should be heard on all sides. And, you know, censorship should not not be allowed. And I think that every everybody, whatever your opinion is, whatever you believe, you have the the right to express that. Everybody should be able to ask questions. That's what ask I mean. questions. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody yeah. doesn't matter how uncomfortable, as long as you're not libelous, as long as you don't discriminate, as long as you're not cruel, but ask questions. Yeah. And in business, you know, how a business succeeds and how that if you want to develop your customers or your clients, whatever it may be, it's ask those questions. Because when yeah. you ask them, you'll get the answers. Yeah. You're right. And if anyone wants to ask myself and Simon questions or jump on and, and check out, you know, more information weekly on ourselves, Simon, you'll tell them where it is. Businesseyeadvisory.com. And it's great. You know, we've just gone live and we've, you know, we're getting questions through, Joe. So the word is getting out there. It's great. It is indeed. Until next week. Have a super weekend. I'm not going to say, Mary, to you. Yes, but... We will soon. We will soon. See ya. Take care.